Welcome to our third sermon in the series, Wondering Heart, Finding Faith with Peter. Throughout the season of Lent, we are walking with the Apostle Peter. We are discovering when he got it right and when he got it wrong, and how through the midst of all of it, Jesus continued to draw him in and Peter's faith grew. I hope that ours will as well. The title for this message is Rescue Me from Danger. The text for it is Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him, saying to them, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we do pray that you would rescue us, most of all, rescue us from ourselves, from our own failings, from our own poor self-image. Rescue us from not being who you created us to be. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Jesus rescues us from danger. That's great news. But what danger? Of whom should we be afraid? From whom or from what do we actually need rescuing? Well, here's how I used to explain it. Imagine your father catching you doing the worst thing imaginable. You know, the thing that would provoke him the most. The thing that would anger him the most. When he catches you, he decides to punish you with the spanking of your life. We're going to assume that your father is into corporal punishment and he's going to spank you with the spanking of your life. But just as he raises the paddle, your older brother steps in and offers to take your place, to be punished in your place so that you can go free. What I've shared is a simple explanation of the penal substitution theory of atonement. In my parable, the father is God. God is about to render horrible punishment for my sin, of which we're all guilty. My older brother, Jesus, steps in to take the punishment and let me go free, if I'll only allow it. It seemed like a perfectly good explanation until I began asking questions of my own story. From whom do I need saving? From God? Why should I need saving from a loving father? Is God out to get me? What does it say about God that God would brutally punish Jesus for what I did? 
After closer examination of the story that I was telling youth groups, I discovered that my story was of a big brother saving me from an angry father while I ran out of the room crying. Is this the good news of the Gospels? Is this what we celebrate in our worship? The Bible speaks pretty highly of humanity. It's amazing grace that calls us wretched. The Bible calls us the very image of God. And look at today's text. We talk a lot in the church about believing in Jesus. We encourage people to believe in Jesus. But the story in today's text is Jesus believes in Peter. Did you catch that? Jesus believes in Peter. The disciples are in the middle of the lake, in trouble again. For seasoned fishermen, these guys have more close calls than the average boater. Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And Peter sees him and calls out to him. He wants to do it too. Peter wants to join in. If Jesus walks on the water, then Peter wants to do it too. And so he asks. And Jesus, listen to this. Jesus says, come. Jesus believes in Peter. Jesus believes that Peter can walk on water. And he does. Peter gets out of the boat and he begins walking towards Jesus, taking several steps. We, we don't know how many. But he steps out in faith steps out on the waves and walks on the water, headed towards Jesus. But then he begins to sink. He takes his eyes off of Jesus. He looks at the waves. He realizes what he's doing. And he loses his faith. He says, I, I can't walk on water. What was I thinking? And Jesus is there to rescue Peter. But not from punishment. It's not punishment that Peter was facing, and yet Jesus is there to rescue. Peter has shown a lack of faith. Without faith, no one can see God. Not having faith, we're saved by faith. Not having faith is a big problem, and Peter has shown a lack of faith, and yet Jesus still rescues him. Jesus doesn't punish Peter. He doesn't threaten Peter with punishment. Jesus rescues Peter, not from an angry God, but from Peter himself. Then Jesus rescues all of the other disciples who were afraid to even get out of the boat. Jesus is there to rescue Peter and the disciples from their own failures. Well, you and I are the image of God. You are the apple of God's eye. God treasures us deeply. But we are also captives. We're held captive by our own failures, like Peter. We're held captive by low self-esteem. We forget in whose image we are created. We get down on ourselves so easily we count ourselves out because we think that we're not worthy. We've been told, even by the church, that we are wretches and worms and we believe them. We are sometimes beaten down by a sometimes brutal world. The world around us can be mean, and, and it takes a toll on us. We've been afraid to get out of the boat, afraid to go to Jesus. Sometimes, quite frankly, we are just less than what we were created to be. We can imagine what God thought of when he first created us, and we realize that perhaps we have fallen short. And like a loving parent whose child has been kidnapped, 
God launches a rescue mission and offers any ransom necessary, even the cross, to rescue us from danger. Let me repeat that. God, the loving parent, realizes that we have been held captive, and he launches a rescue mission and offers any ransom necessary, even the cross, to rescue us from the danger of our own lives. That's the story we're telling through Lent, Holy Week, and Easter. That's our story. Frequently, when Paul writes about the cross, he makes it all about forgiveness of sin. And I am grateful for that forgiveness. I'm grateful that that's part of the story, but the Gospels offer a different vantage point. The Gospels tell us a different story that we need to hear this season as well. Let's look at this season through the eyes of the gospel writers. All four gospel writers share the night of the Last Supper. They each one tell the story, but only one connects the cup with the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin is not a part of the other three stories. It's only in one of the four gospels. The crucifixion itself and the resurrection happen at Passover, not Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement in the Jewish faith, is the day that's all about forgiving sin. If the whole point of the cross was just to forgive us of our sin and to rescue us from an angry God, then why not have the crucifixion on the Day of Atonement, which is all about forgiving sin? But the crucifixion and the resurrection happen at Passover. Passover is all about rescuing captives even captives that did not have their acts together. I mean, let's face it, the Hebrews in Egypt were not all faithful Jews. In fact, possibly none of them. In all likelihood, they had adopted the Egyptian religions that were all around them. I mean, just look at how quickly they worshipped a golden calf at Sinai only a few days after leaving Egypt. God didn't rescue the Hebrews from Egypt because they were good or because they were faithful. God didn't even rescue them as an act to forgive their sin. God rescued them because they were held captive and God loved them and God wanted to liberate them. Jesus was the Passover lamb, giving himself to liberate imperfect captives. Now that's good news. That's really good news. Jesus, the Passover lamb, gave himself to liberate imperfect captives like you and me. That we celebrate this season. So I want to offer a, a simple invitation. Jesus walked across the water to rescue Peter from his own shortcomings. Jesus is walking across whatever room you're in right now to do the same for you. He's reaching out. Today, take him by the hand. Amen.